Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning, Roto Experts. To the end zone. The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. shine fantasy players it is a beautiful day in the neighborhood tuesday october 23rd let's cock a doodle do it this is roto experts in the morning right here on the award-winning fantasy sports radio network i am your host dane martinez they call me speeds the spitting statistician and as always i am overjoyed to be joined by my man fswa hall of famer El Rey de Fantasia, the king, Scott Angle. Scotty, how you doing after a uh, an interesting Monday night game? How you feeling, Scotty? Good. Did well in most of my seasonal leagues this week and, uh, you know, saw an interesting stat this morning. Uh, the Giants have the same record as Corey Parson in both of the leagues that I play with him. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Corey Parson is, in fact, 1-6, just like the Giants. I know because I put him in there by leagues. a mere... Yeah. By a mere point four tenths of a point, I uh, got a W over our <clears throat> good friend, the fantasy executive. He had like four guys going on Monday night and still fell just short. But I digress because Again. I know, Scott, you are going to say enough about that for both of us. So let's get it going on the football action. You mentioned the Giants are 1-6. and six. The Falcons move up to 3-4 and four after a 23-20 to 20 win over these Giants. Listen, yesterday, Scotty, I said that once again, Jameis Winston. Winston had the highest passing total of the week. He had the highest passing total of Sunday because Matt Ryan goes for 379 yards, a touchdown, and no picks. And then Eli Manning outdoes him for 399 yards, a touchdown, and no picks, although much of that in the last garbage time draft. Listen, I want to ask you first and foremost about Saquon Barkley, Scott. He has 14 carries for 43 yards and the touchdown. Gets a two-point conversion as well at the end, right? But then also has nine 
nine catches for 51 yards. So you'll take the 90-some-odd scrimmage yards, nine catches, and a touchdown. Yet another game where Barkley scores in the 20s for you. If you were redoing the fantasy draft right now, Scott, you know, if this was all mid-August and you know what you knew now, am I right that Saquon would pretty much be like the three or the four pick? I would see it going Gurley, maybe Melvin Gordon, and then maybe Saquon Barkley. Is that the way you might see him? Would he be a top three pick overall if we redid the draft? I would have to say number four. You know, you're okay. saying right now, so I'm taking it this in, let's shortly after 7 Eastern after the Amari Cooper trade, which ah. I think helps Ezekiel Elliott. So ah. I think I think it would probably go it would it would it would probably go Gurley, Gordon, Zeke, Barkley. All right, fair enough. But that to be outdone, this kid is actually completely delivering on what he says. Here's my one question for you, Scott. And I got to tell you something. I'm not just patting myself on the back. I said this might be the one concern with Saquon. I said this going into the season, that he tries to make every run be a 30-yard home run hit. And he's going to wind up with a lot of minus ones, minus twos because of that offensive line. And that is coming to fruition as well. Not necessarily if you're a fantasy owner, but if you're a Giants fan, does that concern you at all about Saquon? Not really. I mean, you know, seeing the way Giants fans talk on social media, the the one thing, you know, the one saving grace that they seem to have is Saquon Barkley. I don't think if you're a fantasy owner or a Giants fan, you can really complain about it because, you know, the team is one and six and the guys, you know, still putting up good numbers, uh, you know, making a lot of highlight real plays. He's not going to do it every week, but there's a tremendous floor there as a fantasy player and a giant fan. You know, it's just scary to think when he develops more patience as a runner and uh, when the offensive line hopefully improves, you know, what kind of numbers he can put up. All right, talk to me about Odell Beckham, who has a nice game. Eight catches, 143 yards, and a touchdown. I got to tell you, though, Scott, you know, some of that was in garbage time at the very end, the touchdown at at the very end in garbage time. But I got to tell you, if you were watching the game, there were a couple of times where you see Pat Shermer on the sideline. It looks like, honestly, like siding with Odell on any kind of drama. You see him on third down mouthing out the words, throw it to Odell. You see Shermer prioritizing, kind of going over to the sideline, putting his arm around Odell, being like, it's okay, it's okay. It seems like his approach is softening on how to handle the diva wide receiver a little bit inside that locker room. Well, you know, the Giants really needed that win last night. They didn't get it. And, right. you know, Odell's a key, big, was a big key to getting that victory because you know, they were locking up the running game. You knew they could they, they could do it against the past and uh, against, you know, with the passing game. And, you know, and that fourth down conversion, uh, so why did you go to Odell? It's, uh, you know, he's, you know, Barkley's doing great, but, you know, Odell was their best way, best shot at winning the game. And you say garbage time, but there's going to be a lot of garbage time for the Giants going forward. Sure. So still going to get those numbers. Yeah, absolutely. Those points matter just the same. So is that to say that you think Eli Manning might be a decent fantasy quarterback? Because he is, like you said, he's going to see some garbage time. Similar to what we talked about Blake Bortles in years past with the garbage time. I mean, the Giants, it looks like, are going to be down. And Eli is happy in the second half of games, it looks like, to dump it off to Saquon. Another nine catches for him. But that pads the stats of a fantasy quarterback, right? No. They're not doing this no? with Eli Manning. You know, it's like like I said uh, in my advanced scout on uh, RotoExperts.com this morning. Just because a team is going to play from behind does not guarantee that they can put up come from behind numbers. They were playing against a very bad 
banged up defense. It depends on who they play against. Eli has been terrible before in good matchups. And, uh, you know, like Jim Day says, you never know when you're going to see good bad Eli or bad Eli. Look, he threw for 399 yards last week, uh, uh, this week. But, you know, he could easily lay a dud in, in a good matchup. Uh, you can't trust Eli Manning. Most most fantasy teams should not be rostering Eli Manning. You know, I'm not going to react to one game and say that all of a sudden, you know, the Giants are going to play catch up here. I mean, and he could still have a bad game and, you know, Beckham could still pad his numbers. Like he could throw for like 225 yards, one touchdown, and three interceptions, and Odell could still pad his numbers late in garbage time. All right. Well, on the other side of things, then Scotty, to the victor go the spoils, and the Atlanta Falcons are now three and four. And in that NFC, where you have a lot of four and three and three and four teams in the mix, I wouldn't count them out just yet. Okay, but this running game still needs something to be desired. Kevin Coleman, eleven carries for fifty yards. Listen, he had a thirty-yard touchdown run, Scott. I know because I was sweating it out versus our man, the fantasy executive. He had a thirty-yard touchdown run at the very end. Outside of that, it's ten carries for twenty yards, but. To your point, Scotty, you know, the game is 60 minutes and all the production does count. So he gets 50 yards on the ground and a touchdown, gets another 32 via the passing game. So you'll take 82 scrimmage yards, two catches and a touchdown. You'll take the 16 PPR points. But my question for you, Scotty, is we have been kind of keeping Ito Smith on our radar. Last Tuesday, we talked about him as an interesting ad. Uh, Do you still feel that way? He has seven carries for 16 yards. Yeah, neither running back is still being impressive. Of course, you know, Coleman had the nice run, but it's, it's turning out like he's going to be a boomer, completely bust right, wide, uh, running back right here. He's just, overall, he still hasn't taken enough advantage of the opportunity. When you look at the total rushing yards, it's disappointing. But, you know, he's getting touchdowns. He's going to finish uh, quite often. But, you know, Smith's going to steal a lot. You know, the, uh, both these both these guys, I would say, like uh, Tevin Coleman's a flex right now, and Ito Smith is more of an RB four type, uh, touchdown dependent. He's not going to get those opportunities. Uh, you know, but you know, glad you won, and uh, you know, unfortunately, Corey, uh, you know, who's now uh, going to be re- renamed the fantasy cellar dweller, is uh, you know, he have an- an- another loss for him. It is another loss for Corey, and I know my man, the King, Scott Angle, will have no shortage of references to that over the course of the next week. I've won this thing already, though. It's it, it's almost like why should I regard it like he's resorted to name-calling, and when people resort to name-calling, they show that they've already lost. So This uh, is true. Yeah. But- Scott Angle says I, it's yeah. not like he should even address it. However, Bavona, let's keep yeah. a tally on it for this week. How many times he does, in fact, address it. But let's keep it moving here. Scotty, to get some of the great insight from you or the fantasy executive, what they need to do is go on over to rotoexperts.com and get the Roto Experts exclusive edge in-season fantasy package. Enter the promo code the King at checkout. Two more things on this game real quick. One, Scotty, I got to give you props. You were saying that uh, Marvin Hall may be a guy to watch. You know, I was trying to throw out Justin Hardy and others. You were saying, hey, keep an eye on Marvin Hall. He has three catches for 63 yards and the big touchdown catch, putting up a nice little game. Yeah, you know, there's a guy that occasionally they look for him deep. You know, he sometimes flashes during the preseason. So if there were ever any other injuries in the wide receiver core, you know, here's a guy that maybe would step up. But he's really like their wide receiver four and, and Hardy's like their wide receiver five. 
Yep, absolutely. Um, and then the last thing I'll say on this game is, like, the trend continues. I don't know if this is going to be possible, but uh, might it be possible that, like, Julio Jones finishes this year with something like pushing 2,000 yards receiving and yet, like, one touchdown for the season? I mean, he has another 100-yard effort. I think he's, like, over 800 for the season. He's averaging over 100 yards a game and yet still does not have a cut touchdown but you still gotta like the effort out of julio nine catches 140 yards he's still an obvious every week locked and loaded wide receiver one you just love it if he got into the end zone yeah well, you can get 2,000 yards but i don't know where the one touchdown is coming from or what it is <laughs> what's coming from i can't i can't count on that so you know he's a guy that you know does great you know going over the middle etc slants uh they'll give him deep bombs but he always gets tackled after the deep bombs and yeah, uh, you know, he's just—he's not a factor in the red zone. It's Matt Ryan does not like throwing the fifty-fifty ball. It is absolutely crazy. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Oh, damn. The one game I was going to pick for him to get his touchdown has already happened. I was going to say his home game against Tampa. That's when it was going to happen. And in that game, he was 10 catches, 144 yards, but no touchdowns. Here's the thing. So I look at at Tampa. Of course, though, Scott, when is at Tampa on the Falcons schedule? Yeah, it's week 17. So, you know, maybe that won't in fact Maybe that'll happen. be the one touchdown. It won't be fantasy relevant. That's right. It'll be the one touchdown. It will not be part of most people's fantasy season, but I digress. Hey, Scotty, listen, the Falcons. Uh, Giants Monday night football game was big, but we have other news, okay, in the NFL that warrants everyone's attention. You know, the trading deadline, first of all, is a week from today, okay, October 30th. And listen, last year, there were some trades, okay, there were some trades, and it was more than people thought last year. But remember, we're in a different NFL. Okay, we're in the NFL that's being run, I think, a little bit more like the NBA and the baseball where there are some trades. I mean, last year, everything from Jimmy G to uh, Marcel Darius, you know, to some other playmakers were, in fact, traded last year. And then this year already, think about it. We've already had Carlos Hyde, right? We've already had um, some uh, Teddy Bridgewater get traded. And now we have another big one. The Raiders have traded Amari Cooper to the Dallas Cowboys. Get this though Scotty for a first round pick at first I was like when I heard this news at first I was like oh man what are the Raiders doing the Raiders are a dumpster fire the Raiders are tanking the who knows what the Raiders are doing trading Khalil Mack and now Amari Cooper then I heard that they were getting a first round pick back and I actually think that's a decent haul for the mercurial often uh kind of smack talked wide receiver uh Dallas gets the number one wide receiver that they want the Raiders now have three first round picks they have their own which will likely be in the top 10. They have Dallas's, which will likely be somewhere in the middle. Don't forget, they also have Chicago's from the Khalil Mack trade. Then they got two first-round picks in the following year. It looks to me like John Gruden, let's take the Raiders' side first, Scott. It looks to me like John Gruden knows he has a 10-year contract, knows that he doesn't have to worry about his current fan base in Oakland, that all he has to do is get himself ready for year two or three in Las Vegas to be a contender. It's funny how a 10-year, 100 million dollar contract will give you that kind of security it seems like Gruden's playing the long game yeah I think he has to uh you know from the Raiders perspective and check out my full uh fantasy take on in the fallout on rotoexperts.com this morning in the advanced scout they now have three first round picks next year so uh you know, Gruden's getting rid of the superstars and uh trying to get uh 
you get of the supposed superstars, you know, in, in Cooper's right. case, you know that Khalil Mack is a superstar, and uh, building towards the future from a fantasy perspective now. Uh, I don't like it for Jordy Nelson. I think he gets more defensive attention. Uh, but Martavis Bryant's probably not worth the pickup. Absolutely. Uh, he probably is. Like, someone's got to catch passes, and it looks like Bryant will be the new wide receiver, too. For Oakland, it looks like they'll be going Martavis Bryant, and they'll be going uh, Jordy Nelson. And also, there may be more opportunities as well because they go ahead and send Marshawn Lynch to IR, Scott. Um, this Is this going to be Doug Martin? Is this going to be Jalen Richard? Is this going to be DeAndre Washington? What do you think? Who produces now for the Raiders? Maybe the answer is nobody. But listen, they're casting aside some players. Who do you think does get production from the Raiders? Yeah, I don't think the answer is nobody because Jalen Richard's already been producing pretty good deep PPR numbers and game flow is going to often dictate that they're from behind, which means he'll get a lot of reps. So he'll continue to catch passes. Uh, you know, there may be a game or two that the Raiders win where Doug Martin's a factor. Gruden is born and hits his guys. Doug Martin is one of his guys. Uh, Martavis Bryant is one of his guys. So that's why you have to take waiver flyers on him. I think it's going to be Jalen Richard, then Doug Martin. I don't think DeAndre Washington's a factor whatsoever. Okay, so we will keep an eye out on that. But listen, it does in fact look like the Raiders are not going to keep pace. Remember, one of our best bets, Scotty, in the preseason was to run, not walk, and to take the Oakland Raiders under on the season win total. It looks like Gruden is trying to help you out on that one. But Scott, I mean, it's interesting to me. It does look like there may be some other moves, okay? Because here's the thing. We're here and I'm listening to people like Schefter and Ian Rappaport and folks like that. And And um, I'm seeing that there may be other names on the horizon. There's buzz saying that Patrick Peterson absolutely wants out of Arizona, although the Cardinals say that there is no intention of trading him. It's definitely some teams that could use a guy like Patrick Peterson, a locked-on corner towards the end of his career. And you know the Cardinals aren't going anywhere. Another name that has been in a lot of reports, Scotty, is Demarius Thomas. And even Demarius Thomas said he admitted that his time in Denver may be done uh, in the next seven days. Do you think Demarius Thomas is wearing a different uniform? Well, it's hard to predict with, with trades in the NFL. Uh, you hear a lot of rumors and things don't happen. And then you didn't hear any rumors about Amari Cooper you know, going to Dallas. And then, bam, all of a sudden it happened. So it's it's hard to predict. But, you know, there is something of a storyline there because, you know, I think they feel Cort- Cortland Sutton's the future there. And he's already shown signs of contributing. But... I think I think this week will be very telling. After they get pounded at Kansas City, they might be more in a mode to trade. Yep, that is possible. And listen, there's a guy on the end of his contract anyway. That's part of the reason they drafted Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton. There was some buzz, Scott, about Amari Cooper, and that one did, in fact, come to fruition. We are off and running, though. We got some other news and notes, and then we'll start looking forward to week eight in the fantasy football and the NFL season. We'll do a little bit of waiver wire ads and preview that for you as well. It's Roto Experts in the morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Come on right back, guys. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game Time Decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. 
Welcome back. Roto experts in the morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You got the spitting statistician and L3, they Fantasia, Dane Martinez and Scott Angle taking you through this hour. Looking back at Monday Night Football, we're also going to dive into some news and notes and then get it with our early previews of waivers for you in case you need to, uh, you know, get someone else because you got banged up. And a lot of people did get banged up. You may have lost a guy like Kiki QT. You may have lost a guy like Shady McCoy. You may have lost a guy like Sony Michelle. But we have good news, Scotty. And that's where I want to start. The MRI came back on my guy, the stereotype. And you know how much I love him, Scotty. And I've got shares of him everywhere. So I had a lump in my throat. But it is a little bit better. They say Sony avoided, quote unquote, structural damage. He's listed week to week. Uh, so it sounds like he may miss some time, and the, but it looked really bad. It looks like the cart may have uh, lost again to Sony Michelle. Maybe not in the same game, but it looks like he's not. At a, it's not a season ender, at least for Sony Michelle. Uh, he's week to week. He's probably going to wind up missing Monday Night Football. But the pa- the Patriots might hold a lot of people back against the Bills, thinking that they can beat them on Monday Night with the B team. But good news for my guy, the stereotype. Yeah, I don't know how much they'll hold people back. If they they can play, they can play. Like Gronkowski's probably going to, uh, you know, play. You know, I don't think NFL teams think of it like that. If a guy's a major injury risk, they'll hold him out. But if he can go, he'll go. Uh, you know, that's just not how it works. But with, with like you say, with Michelle, probably won't play. And like we were saying yesterday, you know, you can't just look at the fact that he went off of the car and he had to be helped off the field and assume anything. You know, week to week, though, that – that that's kind of murky, you know. It's just yeah. a, a longer version of day to day, and it's going to sure. be kind of aggravating here. And you got to make sure you have some good depth. Absolutely, I, you know. I just mean that it's good news. Week to week is better than out for the year, which a lot of people are making those assumptions. You're absolutely right. We are not doctors, Scotty. We wait for the actual results. The actual MRI came back, and it looks like he avoided structural damage. So that's great to see, especially because, as you know, Sony Michelle, remember, missed the first week of the season with a knee injury, and remember, he's had knee injuries all the way back in his college career at Georgia. People were a little bit worried about it going into the draft, so it's good that he uh, avoided any structural damage, right, Scotty? Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, it's good news overall, but, you know, in the short term, it's going to be frustrating. But, uh, you know, you never see sunlight to see something like that. Uh, of course, you know, it's like I'm not one who wishes for players to get hurt, you know, even if I'm uh, even if I don't own them. So, uh, you know, good to see Sony Michelle's been fun to watch. The one thing about Sony Michelle, though, injuries have been an issue dating back to college mm-hmm. and you know, we'll have to rem- remember that next season on draft day. Absolutely. You know, I mean, <clears throat> we see some guys. Listen, you're, you're right. We will remember that. But it's not like we don't remember that already with guys like Dalvin Cook. It's not like we don't remember that already with guys like Leonard Fournette either. And so someone's going to take a chance Those are more on these extreme guys. examples. So you're saying you'd rather have you're, – you're, you're more concerned with Dalvin Cook or Leonard Fournette's injury history than you are with Sonny Michelle? I would think so because of all the okay. time they've missed in the pros in their first two seasons. Okay. I'm just saying people won't forget it, but it's not as extreme as those other two guys. Fair enough. And I think, listen, I mean, we're, we're extrapolating out very far to like the draft of next year. But I would consider Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, and Sony Michelle all – All three of them, you know, based on what we know now, I think they're all kind of back-end RB1s, right, moving into next year? I would would say if things continue like this for Michelle, certainly, uh, you know, if he continues to play like this. But, you know, if he suffers another injury here, you know, they're all in the same – uh, basket of being a risk, but right. you know we've 
We, we saw Michelle miss time. Actually, though, to put it together, though, we already saw Michelle miss the beginning of the season. And you know, said, now yeah. he's missing a game with another injury. So uh, right. you, you, you're probably right. You know, I, I, I forgot about that for a second. That's, that's oh, my gotcha. bad. But they're probably all in that the beginning of the season one, where, too. Where, you know, you, they're just risks. And maybe you'll, yeah. you might want to go with a wide receiver and feel mm-hmm. safer at that point. But uh, running back is just so dicey. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be, listen, at some, um, we'll move on after this, but, like, there's going to be someone sitting on the turn pretty much. Like, if you're in the 11th spot, right, next year's draft, and you're coming back early round two, you may have Dalvin Cook, Sony Michelle, Leonard Fournette, and, like, Devontae Freeman all staring you in the face, you know, at, like, pick 14 overall, let's say. And you're going to be like, do I take one of these running backs who I know can be a week-in, week-out RB1 for me? Or instead, do I take A.J. Green? You know what I mean? And that's going to be a very interesting call for people. But that's a call that's going to happen last you know, thing nine on that, months though, from now. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Last thing on that, I don't think Freeman's yeah. going to be in that group anymore. Okay. I mean. Two consecutive years of, uh, you know, missing significant time with injuries. I think he's going to drop. He's not, not going to be a first or maybe even second round consideration next year. That's interesting. That's interesting, Scott. I definitely hear that that injury risk is very, very long, and I understand it. The only thing I would say on the other side of that is that next year, Tevin Coleman likely won't be an Atlanta Falcons, so there's going to be somebody that thinks, that wants to take the risk and thinks he'll have the job all to himself. But that, like I said, is nine months from now. One other big piece of news, Scotty. Listen, a lot of people are calling for the head of Blake Bortles. Doug Marone is not one of them. It looks like Doug Marone is going to go back to Blake Bortles as his starter in London against the defending Super Bowl champs who have a pass rush like crazy. However, Scott, it also looks like they're saying that Cody Kessler is going to get first team reps with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Scotty, this I have deja vu. I'm reminded of last year in the preseason, going into the preseason third game, when they were like, oh, yeah, Blake Bortles is still our starter. But your guy, Scott, and big shout out to my guy, James Chavone, your guy, Hene Alavodka, was going to get first team reps. Do you remember that in the preseason last year when they were like, oh, yeah, Bortles is still the starter, but we're going to give Hene Yala vodka some snaps as well. Now, a year and a half later, they're doing the same thing, Scott. I thought they had an opportunity to finally drop the hammer on Blake Bortles, and they declined to do so. What do you think about this, Scotty? Well, I think Cody Kessler is the alternative. So it, I think it's a tough decision there for them. You know, it's, it's, it's two very mediocre, erratic quarterbacks, I think. You know, Cody Kessel, when he played for the Browns, I think he had like one or two good games, got a little overrated by some. And, uh, you know, 0-8 is an NFL starter. So they're they're trying to decide which is worse. And I I think it's a tough decision for them. Well, whatever it is, though, we we, we learned something in the last few days. You know, you're going to stream defenses against the Jaguars now and the Raiders. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Someone probably already owns the Philly defense, who is the Jaguars opponent this week over in London. But let me play a little game with you, Scotty, because, you know, I was pumping that Eli trade for you. And I understand that that's tabloid fodder here in New York. But I have some other candidates, honestly, Scott, that um, let me bounce off of you. Okay, um, the Jags and the Cleveland Browns have already done business in the last week with Carlos Hyde moving down to Jacksonville. What's up with – why wouldn't Jacksonville give Cleveland another call and be like, what would the price be for our guy 
Tarod. Wouldn't Tarod be an upgrade in this situation? I don't think NFL general managers have a high opinion of of Tarod. And okay. how much of an upgrade? I I, I really don't don't see this is this is a problem with quarterback in the NFL there's there's nothing really out there you know maybe they go to another team that you know has oh, I'm gonna backup. bounce some more off of you I'm gonna bounce some yeah. more off you Scotty what about yeah. we have talked about this what about going making a phone call to Arizona and finding out what it would take to get Sam Bradford or even Mike Glennon uh I, I could see that more than that then uh, Taylor maybe Mike Lennon you know is is kind of an answer yeah. but he played so badly it's just there's nothing quality out there. The, I got one more name for you. I got one more name for you. A guy that I actually think honestly, Scott, and I'm you know I'm just throwing out Glennon. I honestly think this guy is one of the best 32 quarterbacks on the planet. Okay, there's two more. What about calling the Indianapolis Colts for a guy like Jacoby Brissett? Jacoby Brissett. Uh, yeah, that that's a good one. I think you know he's he's proven he can be efficient game manager. Uh, Jacoby Brissett can I, be an NFL I, quarterback. He can manage yes. a game. Andrew, when you Luck, have that Andrew Luck is back. Andrew, and Andrew Luck, Luck is, is back. back. Yeah, I th- I think Brissett's a good call. Okay, like Jacoby Brissett. But, but is will a, they give him up? You know, the, the legit, Seahawks, I don't know. The Seahawks tried know. to pry him pry him away for a second rounder, I think, and they said no. Listen, Dallas just gave up a first-round draft pick. Listen, honestly, though, Scott, if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, honestly, you have a window. The AFC South is imminently winnable. If you believe in this defense, if you believe you have it, you are in the AFC championship game this year, and it is obvious that the thing holding you back is your quarterback. It was a disservice to not go out and get a guy like Alex Smith who is available on the trade market in the offseason. Honestly, Jacoby Brissett, we have seen can be a serviceable NFL quarterback to the point where he at least would not be the problem on this team. And then Tom Coughlin, Doug Marone would be able to run the ball, play some defense, and really still be a playoff contender. I submit Jacoby Brissett, and I also submit calling the New Orleans Saints for Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, I don't think the Saints are going to give up Bridgewater. I, I just don't okay. see it happening. Uh, you know, Drew Brees. Even now that they forever. see that they got, yeah, but they see that they got Taysom Hill now in their midst as well. Yeah, but Taysom Hill is totally unproven as a passer. You know, we were talking okay. about it yesterday. Sure. Uh, you know, the guy's a gadget player. He's not a quarterback. Uh, until, All right, until I hear that in the Saints. And the Saints have designs on going very, very far this year. And so who knows? Knock on wood, God forbid. But if something happens to Drew Brees, like something did happen to Carson Wentz last year, you got to feel comfortable about Teddy, the butler, there on the center. But I go back to Jacoby Brissett, Scott. I think that's an actual viable option for them. I think it might be the only one. Jacoby Brissett is the only one who you think is respectable. It shows how just desolate that – that yeah. uh, that quarterback can be not from a fantasy perspective, from an NFL perspective. When you're talking about 32 teams, you know the Broncos thought Case Keenum was a missing piece. You know that's right. <laughs> that's how that's how desolate it is. Uh, so you know I don't know if the Jaguars are going to find what they need out there in the trade market. You know Jacoby Brissett could be more respectable than Blake Bortles, but the guy's got no playoff experience. You know they. Well, well, there's absolutely nothing to suggest that he could lead them on a deep, deep playoff run. 
Listen, I'm not saying he's the, you know, knight in shining armor. Per- you think he is stability? I We have, Scotty, we have seen him in stretches of time, well, you know, in an entire sample size of a year with Andrew Luck out, be a serviceable NFL quarterback that was not like the issues last year were not Jacoby Brissett. But I digress. We'll move along. Clearly, the Jacksonville Jaguars need to figure it out because Blake is not the answer, and it's causing unrest in the locker room, which is a big issue. Hey, Scotty, let's move over to um, waivers real quick with the rest of the show. The One of the pieces of news that I mentioned was that Sony Michelle avoided structural damage. He's going to be week to week, right? So we know there's James White there. I look, and we want to start by talking about the running backs to potentially add, okay? I'm seeing Kenyon Barner as a big, uh, most popular waiver add, along with guys like Jalen Richard, Marlon Mack, even now Doug Martin because of the Marshawn Lynch news. What, what running backs are you focusing on? Listen, Jalen Richard, 21%. Marlon Mack, 55% owned. Those are the guys I would start with, Marlon Mack and Jalen Richard. What about you? In a lot of competitive leagues, you know, Jalen Richard is gone already. So Doug Martin might be out there and more, so I think I would have to go with him first. I think Kenjin Barner's a wasted waiver addition. Okay. Uh, you know, he's not going to step in and play a large role. I, I, I think, you know, this guy's a journeyman scat back at best. And, uh, you know, maybe he'll take a few change of pace carries away from James White. Uh, Capri Bibbs is the one that, you know, I'm recommending to add. And to D-Money, uh, you know, I spoke to on Twitter last night. You just When I say pick a guy up, that doesn't mean just cut anybody for oh, him. Oh, I saw that. He D-Money, cut Crowell for him. D-Money yeah, cut that. Crowell for him. When I recommend these guys, it's not in a vacuum. It, it depends on who else you're adding. So, you know, don't don't be cutting a guy like Isaiah Crowell for Capri Bibbs. But I do like Capri Bibbs because Chris Thompson can't stay healthy and then he can get work in the passing game. And then Adrian Peterson has had uh, different types of injuries. And, you know, this guy could run the ball. He can catch the ball. And he maybe has to do both at some point. So I think Capri Bibbs is a good pickup. Absolutely. And you see Capri Bibbs uh, recommended – by Scott in the Roto Experts exclusive edge in-season fantasy package. Scotty, I also want to tell people, listen, if you are enjoying playing DFS, but you're sick of the professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool over at mybookie.ag. Forget multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of the late scratches. Avoid 90% of the money going to the experts. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you will get a 50% deposit bonus, okay? Avoid the hassle. Go with the props that you choose. Go on over to mybookie.ag, enter the promo code FNTSY, and then start using the matchups that you like using the props builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. One other running back name I want to throw out there. We saw Shady McCoy get banged up, be in the cold, dark, quiet room. What about Chris Ivory as a uh, short-term pickup, Scotty? Yeah, definitely. You know, Ivory's got an injury history of his own, but you know, if they could use him for a game or two, he's definitely a top pickup. Okay, and talk to me. Last one I'll talk about on running backs before we go to a commercial break. Scotty, talk to me about the San Francisco running back position. Raheem Mostart was a highly added guy last week. If he's still on your waiver wire, maybe some people dropped him even. Who knows? If he's still on your waiver wire, I'm seeing at around 20% owned. Obviously, though, we talk about some of these other public leagues where ownership percentages, you know, are different in different level leagues. It's also, listen, sometimes you play in a 10-team league. Sometimes you play in a 14 
14-team league, it obviously changes what the ownership levels or where that cut line of who's rosterable or who's not. So we just throw those percentages out for some context. But, Scotty, what about Raheem Mostard? Are you still believing in him? Or do you think, listen, that, that backfield in San Francisco is now such a committee with Morris and Breida and Mostart that you shy away from all of them? If Breed is good to go, Mostart uh, really becomes somebody you don't want to use. But if Breed is out, he can play a larger role there. So uh, he's somebody definitely that's rosterable. But I think his week-to-week role is going to be kind of unpredictable. All right. Um, fair enough. And then the last thing, we talked about Marlon Mack as kind of a top ad. This guy had 19 carries, 126 yards, and one touchdown. Are you now believing, Scott, that this is going to kind of be the way that the share is organized in Indy, that Marlon Mack is going to be more of your prototypical kind of earlier guy, goal line guy in between the 20s kind of thing, and then Naheem Hines is going to kind of – uh, monopolize that pass catching role, basically rendering Turbin and Wilkins obsolete. Uh, I, I really don't know that the Hines is going to have much of a role if uh, hmm. if Marlon even Mack PPR? keeps playing like this. He he even had a receiving touchdown last year. The Hines was actually more effective as a change of pace runner than a receiver. I think that's what we want to happen. But uh, right now, with all those other pass catchers being healthy in the Colts passing game and Mack back. It really renders just about every other Colts running back irrelevant. And Naheem Hines, right now, we can't say he's useful. We have to wonder about whether we want to still roster him in the season league or not. All right, fair enough. We'll keep an eye out on that. Remember, the return of T.Y. Hilton certainly captures the eye of Andrew Luck. When we come back, we look at wide receiver and tight end waivers to get you ready for week eight of the NFL and the fantasy season. It's Dane and Scott, Roto Experts in the morning. Come on right back. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back to Roto Experts in the Morning, where we never trust a big button to smile, although that's completely incorrect. I trust one every day of my life. But it is Dane Martinez and the King Scott Angle right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're talking waiver wire pickups and ads and targets for you to, uh, you know, get ready for week eight of the fantasy football season. Listen, Scott, we are halfway through. Most leagues that I know play the regular season through week 13, and you got six teams in the playoffs, weeks 14, 15, 16. I know there are some leagues that do it differently. There are some leagues that maybe have a week 17 or a two-week final. Also, Scott... I got to tell you something. That's why, and I don't know that we've ever had this conversation. It's a little bit of a uh, digression. My favorite league size, Scotty, is 14 teams. You know why? Because then in the 13 weeks of the season, you play every team once and exactly once. So you have a balanced schedule. In 12-team leagues or anything other than 14, you have an unbalanced schedule and have to play like one or two teams twice. And I think that leads to competitive disadvantage. So that the schedule imbalance, that's why I love best a 14-team league. It's big. 
big boys, you know, you got a lot of players involved, and you play the schedule balance. You get one team, you know, you play every team exactly once over the 13 weeks. Yeah, I would say two things about that. Number one, I'm okay with uh, 12 teams and larger. 10 teams I'm not a fan of, and I always yeah. turn down 18 leagues. And I just don't yeah. like them. Uh, I would not say it's an unbalanced schedule because it's not like the NFL where, oh, okay, you got to play the Chiefs twice. Uh, you know, I, you know, fantasy results can tend to be, have a little bit more luck and be more random. Uh, I don't. I don't think that you can complain about facing a certain team twice because you could face that team and they could score eighty one week and at one hundred and seventy and the next. So uh, I. I don't. I don't. That's some personally. I don't believe in that. You know, there's hmm. nothing wrong with playing a team twice or or anything like that. You know, it, it's, so it it, it's not like tavern. it's not like real. It's not like real football. All right, so in our Greenwich Street Tavern League right now, Scotty, you're five and two. I'm four and three. You wouldn't be a little bit miffed if we're completing for a playoff spot, and in that league, I get to play Corey Parsons twice, and you have to play Mike Blewett twice. Look, the odds are against it, uh, but you know Corey could you know snap up and uh, you know, take All a right. victory for, from you. But you know, <laughs> to be honest, and not poking any fun, you know Corey could could, could uh, you know. He could he could be he could be zero and seven one and six like he is right and you know then uh-huh. he has a big week all of a sudden and your guys get that, injured or they yeah, underproduce and you know look Blewett lost his first game this you know yeah, this true. week so to me the results are more random it's not about like oh man we got to face the Rams twice you know it's 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 just not the same mm. thing. All right, well, we we can agree to disagree a little bit on that. Let's look at the wide receivers for the waiver wire. And here's the honestly part. Scotty, you know, we talked about this Amari Cooper deal. I talked about it mostly from the 10-year plan that it looks like Gruden is building with all those first-round picks. But let's talk about it, you know, from the Dallas side. It looks like Dallas is deciding, honestly, because they gave up a first-round pick, which is no kind of small asset in in this NFL, right? So to me, it sounds like Dallas is seeing an opening in the NFC. East. It seems like they believe that this division is winnable still, even though they are at, I believe it's three and four. They see the Washington football team at four and two as paper champions. They see the defending champions under 500, and we all know the Giants are a dumpster fire. So it looks like they are making their move right now. They believe that Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, and Ezekiel Elliott are going to be their triplets. But that means I want to spin it on the other side of things. We've been talking, Scott, about the Dallas. Dallas wide receiving core is one of the worst in the league. You can't say that anymore, I don't think, Scott. But who is the sacrificial lamb here? Who is the one that's going to feel the hurt of Amari Cooper coming in the most? Because I'm going to tell you, I don't think it's going to be Cole Beasley. He still has his role. Does this mean Michael Gallup becomes the role of, you know, stretch it downfield? What happens to guys like Alan Hearns and the gadgetness of uh, Tavon Austin? How do you think this wide receiver room looks moving forward? And are you dropping everybody now? There's really not a committee here, though. Alan Hearns has been completely invisible until last week. Michael Gallup shows up once every few weeks. Those guys are not even rosterable. They're not. They're not in the conversation for me. As far as Cole Beasley, it, it, it he's still a guy who can have a a nine to eleven point PPR floor with uh, with Amari Cooper commanding some defensive attention. I think it stabilizes what his current role is without changing it. 
with 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 Cooper, it, I think it really helps Ezekiel Elliott, and you know it speaks to the desperation I think of the Cowboys to fix this offense, and it made they made a mistake by going with a wide receiver committee and cutting Des Bryant, and you know what it does is like you, you saw Washington sell out to to stop Ezekiel Elliott this past week, and it worked, and you know Jerry Jones reacted and said, "Well, I can't never, I can't take that, I can't see that ever again," and uh, you know now all of a sudden it is more defensive respect for the passing game i think it helps Dak prescott who uh you know has had two good performances in a row and he's going to push back towards that fantasy qb1 radar i think if uh if cooper can boost the outlook here but with cooper i, th- I think i think it's a boost of an outlook for him going from Derek carr to Dak prescott sure. is an improvement number one Num- number two uh he was he was definitely like the most the guy that drew the most defensive respect on his last ball club, and that's no longer the case. So I think that helps him, too, to face a little less defensive attention. But Cooper still got to prove that he can be be consistent because as far as secondaries go, he'll still be the number one – the number one problem there for them or the number one target for them to try to take away. So I think in the immediate term, and I break this down on rotoexperts.com this morning in the advanced scout, I think, you know, he's back into wide receiver three territory with the potential to be a wide receiver two. We have to wait and see, you know, the consistency. They have a bye week to try to get him involved. And, you know, Jerry's going to be pressuring, you know, Jason Garrett to get him involved right away. So, you know, it's a good change of scenery for you. But like like the Dallas Morning News said yesterday, hopefully it turns out better than some of these past wide receiver trades. Roy like Williams. Joe, Gall- Joe Galloway and Roy Williams. You know, hopefully it's more of a Terrell Owens kind of thing or even Keyshawn Johnson. Yeah, absolutely. We'll keep our eye out on Dallas. And last thing on this interesting quirk in the schedule, Amari Cooper winds up getting back-to-back bye weeks. The Raiders were on bye last week. The Cowboys are on bye this week. So Amari Cooper gets to rest up, and he'll probably be 100% by the time Dallas is back in action. Let's look at some other wide receivers. Scotty, it looks like in your article on the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge in-season package, one guy you're looking at is Danny Amendola. I already know his mom makes the best meatballs, but in a Thursday night stint when they have a short week, Albert Wilson is hurt, Kenny Stills is hurt, they got to break out uh, Devontae Parker out of bubble wrap, it seems like Brock Osweiler might have his eyes transfixed on Danny Amendola Thursday night, so you like him as a waiver ad. Well, he already has for the last two games, you know, I think he's caught 15 passes in the last two games, and last week 84 yards and a touchdown. Uh, was already limited in practice. That's the one thing with Amendola that prevents him, uh, you know, from just being a more dependable fantasy player. Ever since he was with the Rams, the guy was always getting hurt. And I remember he came out with this wonderful pedigree. People expected a lot of him. And he's had some great moments with the Patriots, but he could never stay healthy. But, you know, finally Osweiler has figured out what Tannehill couldn't is that this guy can move the chain. So if you're looking at bye weeks, et cetera, uh, Danny Amendola is a nice waiver pickup. Okay, fair enough. I, I agree with you. Danny Amendola is an interesting pickup, especially in PPR formats. You know he's able to be a target monster. You know he's able to work both underneath and maybe now because of the options. Listen, they are banged up in Miami. They do not have many dynamic guys. Danny Amendola, the quote-unquote kind of like professional receiver that can do a lot of things. He may have an opportunity to help the Dolphins and to help your team. I got 
three or four more names that I want to bounce off you that, again, in kind of like Yahoo settings are far are under 40% owned, so you can go get them. My first one is, Scotty, we were talking last week about the Saints wide receivers. Cameron Meredith didn't get targeted at all, but Traquan Smith certainly did. Traquan Smith is under 20% in public leagues. Would you rather pick up Danny Amendola or Traquan Smith? Uh Traycon Smith is more bull robust, but right. seems that way. But uh, like I said, within the flow of the game last week, uh, he was still looking for him on key downs. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to lead towards Traycon Smith. There's more upside there. Okay, fair enough. What about if we go down to Arizona? Christian Kirk, uh, who we're talking about, is evolving. Maybe the primary target now, you know, Fitzy on the downside of his career. Ricky Seals-Jones got banged up. Christian Kirk in public leagues is owned in only 25%. Would you rather have Danny Amendola or Christian Kirk? Uh, I think Christian Kirk. Uh, okay. You know, he's been putting up numbers more consistently than Amendola, even though Amendola's recently got the quarterback change and. I just don't have that fear yet of injuries. All right, fair enough. And one other name, Scotty. Remember how we've said in the last couple of weeks that um, the buys create interesting decisions for owners and they may have to cut people that you could consider interesting, that injuries and buys create issues? Well, this last wide receiver I'm going to mention had both. Had an injury but is also just coming off a buy. He missed two games in a row before the team's buy. Now they team had their buy and they're coming at back this week, three weeks later. I think, what about Geronimo Allison may be healthy? Give him a look. He's 37% owned in Yahoo leagues, so he's worth a look because remember, Scott, he was banged up and had the buy. He may have been dropped under 40% owned in Yahoo. What do you think? Geronimo Allison, pick him up if available, yeah? And healthy? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good call. <laughs> and it also speaks to how people make the mistake of cutting a guy when right. he's injured. And you got to go take advantage of that because even as the number three wide receiver in that offense, uh, I think he's going to be viable during bye weeks. And we all know Randall Cobb's propensity not to stay healthy. So I held on to Geronimo Madison in about five leagues that I have him. And uh, I just couldn't bring myself to cut him. You have to think more about the long term where you can. Sure. Sure. But you can, like you said, you had to make that decision. You opted to keep him. You could understand, though, how, you know, the buys and injuries force people's hands, Scott. So Geronimo Allison might be available in your league. Definitely worth a check. Right? Definitely. You know, high okay. priority, I would say. All right, fair enough. So how would you rank those guys? And I know, listen, I know they're different um, different contexts, different leagues. One of them may not be available. But between Geronimo, Amendola, Traquan, and Christian Kirk, how would you rank those guys? I'd probably go Kirk, Allison, Traquan, Amendola. All right, and hopefully you, uh, when you're going making your uh, claims this week, one of those guys will be available as well as like Chris Ivory, Capri Bibbs, Jalen Richard, or Marlon Mack. We gave you four running backs. We gave you four wide receivers. Scotty, on the tight end side, I want to prioritize also two guys that are coming off their bye and may have been dropped. The first, I don't think Jared Cook was necessarily dropped because he's been performing as a top tight end. But remember, he no, uh, had his bye as well, you know, so keep an eye out on that. What about our guy, Scotty, the guy you love to watch run? What about Vance McDonald? Last I checked in Yahoo Leagues, at least he's only 40% owned, which means he's unowned in over half of these public leagues. The Steelers just had a buy, so maybe that's part of the reason. Um, Vance McDonald might be out there. What do you think about him? 
Yeah, you can't drop a guy when he's hurt or he's on a bye. You know, Vance McDonald is emerging as like a top uh, top ten tight end here. Uh, you know, love to watch him play and throw people off of him. And uh, you know, Roethlisberger's always liked the tight end, so it's viable. Absolutely. As far as Jared Cook being a top tight end, you know, that narrative is shot. Okay, so are you saying that you don't want him if he's available on the waiver wire? I'd much rather have Vance McDonald. You know, the guys okay. had two good games. They've both yep. been blow up, but uh, the other three have not been good. Uh, you can't rely on Jared Cook, and I'm not getting sucked into that again. All right, two other tight end names that I want to bounce off you. One that I know you don't like and one that I do think you will have a glowing positive recommendation on. The first is, listen, uh, we're wondering who's going to be the Saints' number two receiver, Traquan Smith, Cam Meredith. Ben Watson is only owned in 40% of leagues. Do you think that makes maybe helps his floor out at, le- at all? If you have buys, if you have injuries, might you look to Ben Watson at all? No. It's, it's hopefully at some point we'd stop discussing him soon. Uh, I think right. he's already uh, – I, I already wanted to stop discussing him. But then he had a good game this past week. Yeah. And uh, that's what happens. Once every 10 weeks, Ben Watson will have a really good game. Uh, I'm just not buying it whatsoever. All right, and the last name at tight end is interesting to me, Scotty, because you are going deep, and you're talking about my J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. What about the rookie out of Miami? Chris Herndon is actually – Herndon is one of the – Top tight ends added, you know, behind only Vance, Ben Watson, and Jared Cook that I'm seeing as far as most added. And listen, two touchdowns in the last couple of games. Last week, he was targeted seven times. You never thought the Jets used to utilize the tight end, but it looks like he may be an option. Guys like Inunua and others banged up for the Jets. Yeah, you know, look, I I never discount the preseason. And uh, when we went to the Jets preseason game, I saw Arnold looking for Herndon and his tight ends in a lot of key spots. And I said to myself, well, I'm filing this one away. And then all of a sudden, he scored in two consecutive games. The Jets have all these injuries at wide receiver. Rookie looking to rookie. So uh, I think he's worth the flyer as a tight end, too, at least for a streamer possibility. Uh, but who knows about more, really? Uh, because you know, the Jets are very decimated wide receiver right now. They are. They are. And then this week, listen, Scotty, we see what Dallas is on by. You have the Chargers on by. You have the Titans, I believe, on by. One other team whose name escapes me right now. But you may be in some interesting positions at quarterback as well. Same names. You're okay with Mitch Trubisky as a one-week ad. Obviously, I've been recommending Jameis, but he's probably scooped up at this point. Trubisky's more than one-week ad. You know, he's had three really good fantasy games in a row. And this offense has become revived. You know, over the first three games, uh, you know, they they couldn't really do anything. You know, then they had to buy. They really fixed everything. Trubisky's much more than just a a backup here. You know, he's he's pushing fantasy QB1 territory right now. Really? So you're going to have him, it sounds like you're going to have him right around like 15 or 16 when you're in season. I might have him higher. You know, right now, just off the top of my head, you know, you asked me who I'd rather have right now. Uh, you know, and I don't say rest of the season. It's just a thing with me because, you know, who sure. knows who's going to get injured, etc. So for the next month now and what uh, I would, I would say, you know, more in the shorter term. And right now I'd rather have Mitch Trubisky than say Matthew Stafford or Deshaun Watson. What about your boy, Russell Wilson? Yep. I'd rather have Mitch Trubisky fantasy wise. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Last thing. Real NFL uh, is a different thing. 
Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Hey, Scotty, if people are going over to the Roto Experts in-season fantasy package, what are they going to get? What are they seeing? What's up new in the uh, package this week? Uh, today we'll have coming uh, George Kurtz's popular new trade column, who to buy, sell, buy low, sell high, and not even hold, but like also guys that we talk about, you know, like when D-Money comes up and says, I'm yeah. trying to trade, you know, this guy that nobody else wants. Guys you can't unload. He'll be talking about that. Uh, we'll have Joe Galina's waiver report, uh, the stock report for Bobby McMahon, and uh, who's rising, who's falling, and a whole lot more. All right, sounds good. Definitely don't forget to go on over there and use the promo code the King at checkout. Also want to let you guys know that the DailyRoto.com NBA lineup optimizer is now also available. Use the same tools that are creating millionaires and winners over on the NFL side and help you with NBA DFS contests as well. If you're playing DFS and you're not using the Daily Roto tools, projections, and optimizers, you're doing it wrong. You're at a competitive disadvantage. Go to DailyRoto.com, click on the Go Premium tab, and enter the promo code FNTSY. Scotty, we got two hours tomorrow. We'll preview it all. We look ahead to week eight. Uh, it's fast and furious, man. Have a great day, Scotty.